Hey guys, Willie Geist here with another episode of the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. My thanks as always to all of you for clicking and listening along. My guest this week is rapper, comedian, and actor Aquafina. One of the funniest people I've ever sat across from an interview, I can safely say. And you're about to hear why I'm saying that. We're also trying something new this week. We're not trying something new. This is the new thing. That's how good this is going to be. Instead of me droning on and on introducing my guest, I figured I'd bring into the conversation the producer of the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast, the great Maggie Law, to talk us through how this whole thing came together and what you're about to hear. Hey, Mag. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Are you an Aquafina person? I am an Aquafina person. I was introduced with Crazy Rich Asians and took off from there. Love that movie. Yeah, so the last year, here's her year, Aquafina, Crazy Rich Asians, preceded actually by Ocean's 8, and she tells a great story in this interview about when she got the phone call, where she was. Where she was. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, she wasn't wearing pants. She was drinking a, she calls it a La Croix. I call it a LaCroix. LaCroix. You, is it LaCroix. LaCroix? I don't know what the right way is, but I say LaCroix. I mean, I speak French and I would say La Croix, but it sounds a little pretentious. I was going to say the Americanized Yeah, LaCroix. but Aquafina can get away with anything. Of so she, So she talks about the phone call where she heard she was in Ocean's 8 and she said, what? Like, I'm going to be in a movie with Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And Sandra Anne Hathaway, Bullock. Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, that crew. She's right. one of the eight. Then Crazy Rich Asians blew up around the world, did almost a billion, quarter of a billion dollars at the box office. But the backstory on her is amazing. I mean, she came to be because of this viral I was video. Say she had the viral video. Why don't you say that what the song's called? Do we have to say what the song's <laughs> called? Watched it myself the other day. Yeah, it's a um, lot. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a rap song that she put together. Yep. Uh, 2012, when she was 24 years old. I can't even say the name of the song it's a response to, which was popular at the time. Right. Um, but she says it in the interview, which yeah. is great. So she's going to spare out. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of set her career off, right? Got yeah. all those gigs. Yeah. So Seth she, Rogen. she, yeah, Seth Rogen saw that viral video. It's got like 4 million views online, the one we're not allowed to say. And Seth Rogen saw it. They cast her in Neighbors 2. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of her acting career. And that was only really a couple of years ago. Um, She's incredibly funny. She wanted to get together and eat dumplings, her Mm -hmm. request. So we went to a place uh, called Philippe Chow in Midtown in New York City. We talked for a long time. And then, as you'll hear in the interview, we crushed some dumplings. That she calls them dumps. Dumps. I I noticed that. I wasn't totally comfortable (laughs) with that term. I don't love that term either. but Not my favorite term. She's Aquafina. So you've been doing this podcast from the beginning. Yep. Our first one was Bill Murray yep. about a year and a half ago now. Yeah, on the two-year anniversary of the show. And you get to kind of sit and listen through them. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing together. They're pretty much, right, unedited. Yeah. Unless. Full conversation. Unless we need a transition to get us between us talking and then when the dumplings come out, that's not super exactly. interesting to listen to. <laughs> right. Do you have um, a favorite guest? I'm going to put you on the spot on oh your first God. program. Or what about. A favorite couple of guests who've been on the TV show and subsequently Sunday Sit Down. Favorite. You didn't like any of them, did you? I'm going to give you time to think. And when we come out of our interview with Aquafina, you're going to give me your top three favorite Sunday Sit Down podcast guests. Can't wait. But for now, please enjoy our conversation with the hysterical Aquafina. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, first things first, we just met. Yes. So what do I call you? Do I call you Aquafina, or how does this work? Um, you know, it's really it's really like based on how you feel. Really? You know. Okay. Some people like will take the reins. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Call me Nora. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I've said this. Fans call me Aquafina. Stans call me Nora. Okay. Yeah. So you could, I mean, it's up to you. It's really on you. I almost feel like it's presumptuous for me to call you Nora. No, it's It not. implies that we're I call tight. you Willie. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I don't have a stage name, though. I feel like it's me calling Lady Gaga Stephanie, and I haven't earned that right. Yeah, you or like I mean? Skrillex Sunny. Yeah. I know some people that like call him by Sunny, you know? Yeah. Um, big Skrillex fan, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. Okay. Call me Nora. All right, really? Yeah. I have permission. You can call me yes, okay, for sure. that's on camera. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for doing this, Nora. Oh, thank Appreciate you it. for having me. Yeah. Um, so let's talk first uh, about The Farewell. Okay. I told you I watched it last night. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, when you got this story and you got this script, what drew you into it? Uh, you know, I, I got the script at a time where, you know, this was probably I just finished Ocean's 8 and... Mm. You know, I didn't really know what was next, and and I was I was getting scripts, but this specific one, my manager was like, you know, I'm not even gonna tell you what it's, just read it, and uh, he knows about my relationship with my grandma, which is you know obviously a very close one. I was raised by her after like my mom passed when I was four, so the the script was called at that time Nai Nai, which means grandma in Chinese, and uh, it, it was it just already seemed auspicious, and I, you know I read through it and, you know, crying at the script, not realizing that it was already a This American Life episode. Um, and just being like really moved by the way it, it portrayed um, not only the Asian American experience from in a certain scenario, but also uh, interacting with your family, like in, in a really real way. Um, I'd never seen anything like it. And, and just the fact that it was also directed and written by an Asian American woman, again, at that time, I'd never seen anything like that either. So um, I was, uh, yeah, it was just, and I saw it as something that was, that was meant to be in a weird way. You mentioned This American Life. I don't mm-hmm. think people realize right out of the gate this is based on a true story. Yeah, it's totally a true story. Um, so without giving too much of the film away, because I want everybody who's watching to go see it, set up the story just a little bit yeah. and where you fall into it. So uh, the, the story revolves around this girl, Billy, and, and she's an Asian-American girl who was raised for part of her childhood by her grandmother. Um, and she learns, she's still very close with her grandmother, even though she lives in China. And she learns that her grandma has, has uh, terminal uh, lung cancer, um, but the family doesn't want to tell her. And it's a, it's a very quizzical thing for someone from like a Western upbringing to like not tell someone they're sick. And so she goes to China, they stage a fake wedding, still not telling the grandma. And I believe to this day, she, she doesn't know. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's that great line in there from your mother, I think it is, who said, you know, you don't die from the cancer, you die from knowing, knowing you have cancer. Yeah, and, and there is, um, you know, I, going into this movie, like, didn't understand that. I didn't even know they did that there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in a Western perspective, it's a, it's, a, it's a controversial lie, but going to China and, like, like actually, like, going through the movie, filming it, understanding that experience, I, I see... I see where the foundations of that, of, of why they lie. I can, I can see it now. Mm. Yeah. Did you see any of that in, in your family going up through the years? Was that a cultural experience that you were even aware of? No, because my family is prone to just, you know, emotional breakdowns, every, every, <laughs> pent up secrets. They never stay in for long. You, know? you guys go all the way the other way. Yeah. You see like turkeys flying, you know, <laughs> my aunts and they're crying. Oh, aunts, my aunts in the study crying now. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so it, it's very explosive. But um, when I was, well, I got like a screener to show my grandma. She's, you know, in her 80s. And so she was on one side and my aunt 
who's from El Salvador, was on my other side. And my aunt was like, there's no way. Like, they don't do that. They really do this. And my grandma was like, duh. Like, where have you been? Mm. You know? And then I turned and I was like, do you want us to do that to you? And she was like, you better not. You better not do that. So, like, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like you believe it until it happens right. to you. Right, And then you're like, no. Yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, it sounds like there were some parallels with this story and you and your grandma. Yeah. Not just a close relationship. Yeah. But what did you see in the movie that reminded you of your own experience? Well, I think that, you know, what I related to it, what I learned later is that it was a very, it's a very universal experience of like, uh, first of all, growing up with, with, a, with a sense of family and a sense of something and then having that disappear and feeling as if it's been stolen from you. Mm. I think that that's something that everyone remembers when you're like in your 20s and you're leaving Thanksgiving at maybe your grandma's house or an aunt's house, remembering those childhood memories and remembering how much you've grown. And, you know, it's a simple progression of life, but it's also something that like you feel sad for. And so I related to that, something that was that, that Lulu or Billy felt like she lost. Um, but then also a very special relationship with your grandma that is more than just, oh, well, you bake me cookies. It's, it's one of like, I tell you everything and mm. you are, you're, you are my rock. Um, and I know that I'm losing you and it's so hard. And I think in, in a, in a realistic sense, you know, as an actress, I, it, it, I had to confront something that I think that I have been really not wanting to confront, which is the 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 idea of losing my grandma you know mm. and i think that um that really hits people people that whether their grandparents are still alive or they've lost them it you know it the story like touches that part does it feel like you'll be better equipped now having done this movie to handle it or you just understand it a little better man i'll never be equipped for that <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how i will be but i i think um it, it, you understand it, it taught me how people can really show grief there was a real sense of, of empathy that the actors had for both Lulu's family and each other and the story. You know, it was it was very, very real experience. And as you said, your experience with your grandmother is even more intense than most. Yeah. Um, given the fact that your mom passed away when you were four years old. Yeah. Talk, if you can, about the role your grandmother stepped into and the void she was able to fill for you. Yeah, I mean, my grandma was everything. And, I, and I've said before, like, she, she did save me. You know, I needed, I think um, at that time, I, I needed uh, some, kind of, some kind of figure like that. And um, it wasn't easy for her to step in, and she, and she did. And I was raised as, as her youngest child. And I think what it taught me growing up is that, you know, there, there are all these, always these stereotypes of, like, what an Asian woman is and, and what they do. And my grandma was through and through the neck of my family, the financial neck of my family. She took care, she raised all the kids and um, she, she taught me to be strong. And she, and from a very young age, taught me like to not be embarrassed about the things that I was always embarrassed about. Mm. Um, she, she was never that like, go to med school. She was always just like, you wanna go do singing lessons? Like, let's go do singing lessons, you know? She really like nurtured that. So she was a, a gift in every way. I was interested to read that you actually have memories from around that time at four yeah. years old. I'm not sure if I would have intense memories like that of whether it's food or a moment or something that takes you back to that time in your life. For sure, yeah, I, I do. I have, I have a lot of memories. And, and I think, uh, you know, I once read that you don't usually have, like, you know, my cousin, she doesn't remember anything past the age of like six, which I think is like, a little crap, like, you don't remember <laughs> kindergarten? Like, come on. Um, but I think it's, it's uh, when something traumatic happens to you at a young age, you do remember it. 
a little bit. And and so, you know, that was a moment of my life where it, it, it probably was like, yeah, it was like um, a turning point for me. Yeah. And so as you got older with your grandmother at your side mm -hmm. and you got some distance from the passing of your mother, was it your grandmother who made it a little bit easier? It wasn't going to be easy not to grow up with your mom, but was it she who did that? See, it's, it's, people don't think, like, when you're raised by your grandma, it's not the same as being raised by your mom. Like, yeah. my grandma used, like, witch hazel, and, <laughs> like, her scent was genitae, and when she would cover herself in it. Do you know what Abilene, why do I know what Abilene is? You know Tell what me I mean? Tell more about Abilene. It's, I, she uses it for, like, everything. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like, it's like, it, like, literally, if, if I woke up with a headache and had to go to school, I'd be like, Grandma, I have a headache. Tiger bomb. So I'd go to school. What, what is tiger bomb? Give me a leave. I want to leave. You're rubbing, that's not, not even my head, you know, just rubbing my shoulders with tiger bomb. I go to school and they're like, what's that smell? So meant my eyes are burning. It, it wasn't the best. Like, I, you know, you know, like, you know, I grew up with like, uh, I don't want to go here, but I, I'm going. I'm going there. Go for it. Um, she, like I, you know, when I when I when I first got, you know, my my period, you know, obviously it happens to women. She gave me like, like, like a hospital, oh, no. like with a belt. And you're gonna make me go to school like this? So it wasn't. I still have to figure out. Like you know, I I, I was like grandma. There has to be another color of eyeshadow that isn't blue. You know, like, do you, is, the, is there one that exists? Maybe a gold? I don't know. So, you know, it wasn't, it, but it was cool because I think what she did teach me was unconditional love for, mm. for your family. Because even the fact that she had stepped in and, um, you know, being raised by her was very special. And Still how, have that belt. Do you really? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, good. I was going to say. No, I don't. <laughs> Throw it in the furnace. It sounds like she also taught you a sense of humor, right? She did. She's a funny woman. Man, no joke was ever too dirty for her. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, like, oh, man, See, yeah. That, I feel like that's another place where your mom might feel like, I've got to step in here, and i got to yeah, teach my kid the right 100%. thing. But grandma's like, go for it. Grandma's, I mean, I, I compare them to drug dealers. They're food pushers. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they do. They're like, I got something that you want, and the question is, do you want it? You know what I mean? And then they get you hooked. It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, she's a food pusher, but, you know, and, but grandmas, they, they're, they're, they're built to love, to love. They're, mm. they're just, they're just someone that you feel safe with and that spoils you. And on top of that, my grandma is, you know, she's so wise and it's like, I'll have the most specific questions about my career, you know, like, you know, I don't know, I, I, like, I'm trying to figure out how to get healthcare and my, she'll always have an answer, like a, a wise like, like, like a very stereotypical Asian, like, piece of wisdom that always makes sense. It's like the wind blows the, to the north, and it's like, oh my God, that's so true. It does, you know. So yeah, she she's always she's the best she's the bestest friend I could ever ask for. And her answer to the healthcare question, of course, is Tiger Bomb. Yeah, yeah. she's like, you don't need healthcare, dude. You're young, and it's like that's such a horrible answer. It's a horrible aunt because she she's a nurse, so she thinks that she can like ail everything. But right. Oh. No, she made me like go home with like this huge thing of collagen peptides, and and I I was like they're gonna arrest me at the border. <laughs> like I'm not. What is it? I love your grandmother. I don't even know her. I would love I mean, to. You should meet her sometime. She would love you. Yeah, she's got to join us. She would be attracted to you. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> I to say it. She would be like, hey, you want some tea? Stay for a minute. <laughs> she sounds fun. She's fun. She's fun. She's a good time. Um, so when this 
film, The Farewell Came to You, it comes sort of, at least chronologically, the end of this incredible year that you've had. Yeah. Where a lot of people knew you, but now a lot of people know you and oh. love you through Ocean's Eight and Crazy Rich Asians and hosting SNL. Yeah. Did it feel like with this you wanted to do something serious to say, okay, you know I can be funny, you know I can be a little crazy, yeah. I can be that big character, now I want to do something more serious? You know, I think I, 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 okay, so, well, I think the answer to that is that this script was very special for me. And so when I got it, it was like, I don't care if it's a sci-fi, I don't care if it's like borderline adult, I will do it <laughs> because it's, it's, it needs to be done. And, and, um, and I think, uh, when actresses wake up, like they, like you can't wake up and say like, I want to go into drama and then a script lands and it's like, this is my foray. Welcome. Right. You know, um, I was really worried about that. I, you know, it, it, it's, it's a comedy, but not in the same sense that I was delivering comedy in this, like a very, a very kind of a, a, you know, an abrupt way. This is a comedy that the acting really doesn't have a lot to do with it. Right. It's like, it's a pulled out version. You pull it out and then you see the comedy there. So it was a challenge for me, but, um, yeah, I was nervous about the Chinese. I didn't not grow up in a Chinese speaking yeah. home. Um, I was nervous about, whether I could do that, you know, um, but you know, those, I think that those things went out the window for me when I got to China and I realized the levity of, of what, what, what was in front of me, you know, this is a story that is, is very personal to me that when I, when I, when I conjure up Billy, there are memories from my childhood and, and my grandma, you know, I pull all of those. And, um, if I knew that, that, that it was based on that, I wouldn't have been stressed out mm. as stressed out as I was. It's not. Yeah. You talk so eloquently about representation and making not just your family proud, but an entire community of, of people proud. Sure. How does this role fit into that for you? I think, um, it, you know, I, I don't think that I'm like leading a movement. I don't think that the movement is 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 happening. You know, I think that I'm a I'm a part of a movement. Right. And this story, it's it's only it's only more proof that like our voices matter. And that when you have stories that are so specific like this, that are being open, that people like that of all races, you know, Asian American cinema has always existed. I one of my favorite movies growing up, this movie called Saving Face, and it was written and directed by an Asian American woman. But, you know, it didn't get the eyes that that we're getting now, you know, and I think that, like, we have to remember what came before us and what we're leading to. Um, the stories like this were never accessible, you know, to larger audiences. And now all generations of Asian Americans can see this movie. They can see Crazy Rich Asians. So it's it's about accessibility and it's about, um, you know, really passing the line of, of what stories matter and like what, how they could, how they could be understood by larger, by American audiences, by larger audiences. Does that ever feel at all like a responsibility though? Like not only do I have to go make a good movie that yeah. people want to go see, but I've got to represent my community well at the of same course. time. Yeah, and, and, and I think that it's something that not a lot of other groups have to do, well, specifically, you know, like the mainstream. Yeah. But I think when it comes to Asian Americans, there's just not a lot of us out there. And so you do have the responsibility. And I think a lot of people coming into the industry, like, they don't want it at first. They think that it's like, I'm just my own person. I'm, but you have to realize that you, you are indebted to your community because you want to help the generations that, that come before you. You know, it's, it's not going to end here. It's going to keep going. So I, I want to make sure that I have to make sure that I set a good example for that. And the stories that I tell reflect them well. Mm. And, and that's very important to me. So with all that in mind, what does your grandma say? What does your father say 
yeah. when they go and see you in Crazy Rich Asians or when they see you in the farewell? Um, I mean, they're 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 proud. Yeah, like I think um, you know my my grandma is she always it's like she she's always she's always been there and my dad it took a little bit longer but. Um, on the career, on pursuing acting, it took him longer. Yeah, because I had to. There was a minute where my dad was just like, "No, like yeah. what? Like what are you doing, dude?" But and then I stopped telling him because it, it's like now he works at this really at this really cool like firm, and like all his coworkers come up to him and like show him my news clips, and they're like, "Your your daughter was at the Met Gala," and he was like, "She's in New York." <laughs> um, so like I, I stopped telling him a little bit, but he's uh he's 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 proud now. Yeah. So by the way, I have a friend who works at your dad's company. Oh and no he said way! You came in and spoke to them. I one did, day. and he was so happy. They said it was amazing. I told, I, I urged them not to fire him. I was like, just <laughs> he's he, he's very happy here, great benefits, just keep him on. So you locked in the job security. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it on one condition. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I could. I don't know how much insurance I could give him, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. That's awesome that you. Had yeah, they yeah. loved you by the way. The, oh yeah, good. You were a hit. I think it like spiced up the place. This spiced up the <laughs> office, the law office. <laughs> The law. Yeah, I'm known for doing that. Exactly. So, yeah. yes, I, don't do. to, I don't want to show off or anything, but yeah. Um, so I mentioned this crazy year you've had. I guess Ocean's 8 was last June, so it's a little over a year yeah. that this craziness has, has happened in yeah, your yeah. life. Have you had time to stop and breathe and look back on what just happened over the last year? No, not really, no. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been busy, but you know what? I, I like... I'm very thankful that it's busy because I spent a, a lot of my career sitting, you know, not not too far away from here, just in, an, in a really bad apartment, just like wondering what's going to happen, you know. So it's like I, I I haven't really had a chance to breathe, but maybe I, I've had a chance to breathe, and this mm. is the time I get to work. What was it like to be on a poster, for example, Ocean's Eight with Sandra Bullock and Rihanna and Kate Blanchett and people like that, and yeah. to have people come out of that movie and say, "Great cast, but man." She's funny. Keep your oh, eye on man. her. Oh uh, man, confusing for me. I mean, <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I I couldn't believe. I think I was I was in that bed same bedroom that I was just talking about. Uh, probably not wearing pants, just walking around, <laughs> drinking a La Croix, and uh, I get a call that's like, "This is gonna happen." I, I was like, "What now?" And and then I think I just I remember that I stood there. I don't I really don't think I was wearing pants. I'm sorry, Today Show. I'm sorry. But I was standing there and I hung up the phone and I just was standing there. And I was like, you know, and it and it wasn't until I saw that that poster it made no sense that uh, you know, but I I couldn't I still can't believe that happened and it was it was like so cool to like work with them and to not only work with them but like to, to get close to get close with them right. because they they really embrace me there you know to this day sandy texts me you know how are you i'm thinking about you it's like we're, we're still a family it's it's great so how do you process that how do you process being a fan of sandra bullock or a fan <laughs> of rihanna and the next minute you're in a scene with her and she's texting you i well i mean i mean that's it's it's that's cool i think i think that for those people i have i have a and you know, an, an on-screen love for them of people that I loved watching, but they're my friends. You know, they're friends. You know, like they're 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 people. They're just cool people that I want to talk to and stuff. Yeah. So only two months after that, that dies down a little bit in the summer. Yeah. Here comes Crazy Rich Asians, which yeah. turns into this worldwide phenomenon. It's yeah. already one of those movies. If it's on HBO, you just stop and watch it. Wherever oh, it's it is, an easy watch. watch. It's it my plane movie, it's a, dude. It's, it's your. Oh, I'll I'll play it. I'm, it's embarrassing too <laughs> when people realize what I'm doing on the plane. Yeah. Are you like, 
That's no, me. but there was a period where Ocean's Eight and Crazy Rotations were on the plane, and all of these. So there was this one. So I would I would start I would go up to people that were watching my movies on the plane. No. But these are long flights, like from New York to you know JFK sure. to LA. So they're all tucked in in the in the flat flatbeds, and I would go up to them and I'd be like, eh. Out of the ten people I went. Only one person put together that I was that girl, and seriously. So what and did the other nine one... think? That's what I want to know. No, I know. They, no, they thought I was a crazy yeah. person. I was like, yeah, Asian girl. I'm Asian. Get it? Um, but there was one woman that watched Oceans Eight and Crazy Rich Asians. Oh my god! One after the and I went. No idea. She had no. no she was like, okay. <laughs> she did. <the laughs> she did that to me, and I was like. Okay. I don't even, in her flatbed, like, like, who does that? She was scared of me. She so was you, scared. You get up out of your seat and I will actively get up out of go my, over. I will recline my flatbed to normal position. Takes an hour. I'll take, take the blanket off, put my shoes on, and then I will walk to another, the other side. I will go into the cockpit, go like that. I, don't, I do not care. I just thought it was so cool. But, and, then, and then realizing it's so dark on the plane. Um, so I, don't, I no longer do that. Um, the, my, the person I was traveling with, I, she always sees me do this. So I asked her to go tap. She, she always knows that they never know who I am. So she was like, no, I'm not doing it this time. It's embarrassing for me and for you. But I, it's the only joy I have, you know? I was going to say, for someone like you with your comedic mind, I bet you are only encouraged by the fact that they don't recognize you. It makes you want to do it more because it makes the moment better. It makes me sad. It makes me sad. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't, doesn't encourage. So it's not I'm that. Sad. You're hoping finally someone will make the connection. Yeah, because how cool is, wouldn't you, if I was watching a movie on a plane and the, and the actor from the movie, during the actor scene, came up to me and was like, eh, I would at least be like, I wouldn't, right. who does this? She was like, okay, who does that? I was like, bro. Oh my God. Who does it? Oh, that's oh, incredible. Man. That is incredible. It's, yeah. So... <laughs> That that part of the experience aside, yes. What has the crazy rich Asians experience been like to be so popular and all the talk and the awards and everything else that came with it? Oh man, it it it, it was so cool. It was like you know, I remember seeing that book in the airport, and even then, like that was our representation because it was in a, it was on Hudson News, and it's like crazy rich, you know. Right. And I and I remember seeing it being a New York Times bestseller. I was like, that's so cool. And I remember it from then, and I think we. As a cast, knew we were doing something special while we were there. We had no idea what it would lead to, and and you know, it's it's coined Asian August, and that's 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 what happened. And um, I I've met actors that have told me like I couldn't get an audition. Mm. I'm auditioning every day now, and it's you know I think it's what I was scared, and I and I've said it before, like I didn't want it to be like diversity is not a trend, representation is not a trend. You know, it's something it's something that maybe we're shifting from, but we have to realize now that this is a part of of Americans' daily lives, like we, we're, our world is diverse. Our world is not one, and so uh, I think that it was a it was a realization of that, and um, a very joyous celebration for those who have lacked representation their their entire lives. So why do you think the response was, forgive the term, so crazy? It was a really good movie. I think most people like, but it was like 
there was some other layer to it. There was some other level that people responded to. There was, and I think, um, you know, not only that there, there was a very, you know, obviously a very important cultural and political impact, but there also was, you know, a, a kind of a revitalization of like what we loved at the movies. You know, yeah. a big, a big rom com that that has that has family uh, like like ideas and and uh, you know like a, a lot of shirtless men um, there was troves. That. Yeah, you know, everyone wants a, a, to feel joy at, at the theater. And I think that that knowing that you know in the back of your mind, and then also knowing you know what it means and. Uh, it, yeah, I think it's it's a new new way of doing it. It was great. So this energy and sense of humor we've been watching for, right here for the last half an hour. Oh, here. I'm, oh, here? Yes. Okay. I'm interested in the origin of it. Oh, Your yeah. Your grandmother clearly was very funny. Yes. So at what point did you say, I'm going to do something with this? I'm going to perform in some way. And maybe sometime down the road, this could be even a career. You probably didn't let yourself get that far early on. But when was the first performance for you? I think it was when I was really young that I realized that my joy does not run off of a solitary experience. Like when I when I'm with someone, it's not just I'm throwing jokes at you and I want I I want you so badly to laugh that this is what, when I was young. Like I would I would like literally like I would jump off a balcony. Like I would just anything. I would I would shove a pie, anything for to make you laugh. So my where I derived joy from was like joy from others. That's that's what I run on. And I think that 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 really did start like, you know, after losing my mom, you know, it was a way for me to make things light and to like not be that person that's like, I'm not I will not. I know that you're sad, but I don't want you to be sad when Mm. you see me. I want you to be happy when you see me. And and it's it's really driven by that. Um, And I and I just I love I love I love doing that. I love making people laugh. I think that's a common experience. I've heard people who've lost a parent at a young age. Stephen Colbert talks about this. Really? His father died with his two brothers in a plane crash. And it was like he talks about like trying to fix everyone. Yeah. That's where his humor came from. He just wanted to be funny and make people smile. Yeah, for sure. You felt some of that too? For sure. And I think that when you go through something like traumatic, you realize the extreme of of that darkness and and how far it, it, it goes. And how everything in between, it's like, I mean, it's it's not going to ever be as crazy as that. So it's like you can travel there and, and you can feel and you don't have to feel too. So it's it's a weird, I guess it gets in there a little bit. <laughs> but clearly you had some special talent because you went to LaGuardia, the prestigious performing arts high school. Well, I had a, a trumpet talent. <laughs> what happened? That? <laughs> what got you in the door, right? What happened to the trumpet? Are you still playing at all or? I do. I have neighbors, um, and they have children. Um, <laughs> but you can still play. Oh yeah, yeah. I can. I can toot out a. I can bugle blast. Yeah, yeah I can <laughs> blast the bugle as I'm I sure say. They, I'm sure they like uh, that. Yes, they do. No, I. I yeah. It was a weird. It was a weird. <laughs> it was a weird thing. I played. I want to hold your hand. People were going in there playing like Bach and Mozart. <laughs> I went in there. I don't even know how to say Mozart's real like name properly. But I, I went in there and played. I want to hold your hand. That's how I got into school. And then, is it true that in high school is when Aquafina was born? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, where did that come from? That character, that persona you created. Um, I, it, you know, I, I, I started. I got my first MacBook, and and on it was a was GarageBand, which comes with all the computers, and it was in its very early phases. And I, you know, I was trying to figure out what like a compressor and equalizer were, and you couldn't go even Google how to use those things digitally. So I started. I discovered digital music, and and I started making beats like, like obsessively, and I needed vocals on them. So there was born, you know, Aquafina. Yeah. And how did you pick the name Aquafina? 
just thought it was hilarious. I literally am called that now. People call me that now, which I would have thought was hilarious back then, you know, but it, that's my curse. Just off the side of a water bottle, something like that? Um, you know, don't want to get sued, so I oh. want to say, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I mean, it's, I'm past that. Might get point. you an endorsement deal. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was a fun, I thought it was a fun name, yeah. you know, it means fine water. Yeah. That's good, that works. That's good. You flow like fine water. Sure. Right? There you go. Okay. Uh, thank you. We saved it. Yeah. Imagine if you didn't. <laughs> you Imagine if, that. like, I, you said that and I was like. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You're just being nice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. And, and so the, the song that you yes, put out that's there, our... that it feels like to me, just looking through your career, was like the moment, right? Where you. You created something that became yeah. popular and it made the other things popular. That, that, that was really the moment. And, and, and if you think about it, everything comes back to that, right? Like my first movie, like Neighbors 2, Seth Rogen and Nick Stoller saw that video and asked me to audition from there. Like mm. everything that happens comes from there. And that's why like you, you can't forget about that, you know? And so... When I watch it, I cringe because it's just, it's so old. And it's a per- like that was when I shot that video, I had never been in front of a camp like except for like take a picture with my asian family i'd never you know and so that was very jarring and i was really nervous and i was also at a point in my life where i literally had nothing to lose except for a nine-to-five job which i didn't lose but in a larger what job did you lose i i worked for like a i worked at like a public like as a publicist right and they weren't into the song (laughs) i didn't know what publicity meant (laughs) like if you asked me what what is what do you do I send out mailers. Like, I don't know what I do. Um, lost that job. Um, but but it was at a time where, like, I didn't have anything to lose. And it was, and I could see it in my face when I watched that video. And, um, you know, like, yeah, that, that was, everything started from there, man. That was the moment. I remember people asked me, like, last summer especially, they were like, what does it feel like to, like, be, finally be, like, like, famous? And I was like, I've, like, people, at all, and I'm like, I felt famous since my, can I say it? I'm sorry. Since my vag got like 7,000 views. I remember when my vag literally hit 7,000 and I was like, you guys, I'm famous. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding. Like, it was real. I I think I even had a party. I think I had a drink sniped. I had 7,000 views, man. So it's like, and I think that I looked in the mirror and I was like, it's happening. Um, so By the way, the irony is, you joke, it was happening. You just didn't know in that moment that it was happening. It, 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 was, it, was, it was beginning It, it was happen. the beginning, yeah. 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 But every, every view mattered, man. I, I was surprised that it got more. Just because, you know, you have people have videos up there and, and their Aunt Liz is like, I love this, honey. <laughs> you know? It's like, so I, I was, it was cool that people were watching it. And, and it was also cool because, you know, there wasn't really a lot at the time. There wasn't a lot like it out there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's. Do you like to? You want to keep your music career alive? Obviously, your movie career is exploding right now. Do you want? I mean, I know you put out a couple albums as well. Yeah. Do you want to keep that going? I mean, music. Music is a part of my fiber. You know, that's. Yeah. You know, where a comedy, I have a different relationship with it, but music is something I, I taught myself, and I have a very personal relationship with with it as well. And so I'll always make music, but. I think when it comes to like my work, I, you know, and my albums included, I have to be there. I have to be present, yeah, um, mentally for it. And so when that time comes, it'll it'll happen. Yeah. So if you have the time, there might be another album, <laughs> right? I, yeah, I mean, I have some I have some backlogs, you know, you know, but like, 
Yeah, when the, when the time comes. I don't see a lot of free time in your future. The way things are going, uh, so yeah. we might have to wait a minute. Yeah, I think that. we're like running over. No, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I well, gotta go. Well, so. uh, well with, with that in mind, um, I want to ask you lastly about um, your Comedy Central show, Aquafina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you all female writers room. What's the show gonna look like when you roll it out? Oh man, I think we're trying to figure that out yeah. right now. Um, Hopefully, great. Um, I, I I have a I have an amazing team behind me, and um, you know the writers' room was was incredible to work with with all of those all of those amazing women. You know, and um, we're it's it's really cool. I went to the stages yesterday where we're building, and everything's being done in Queens. I think we're you know like I'd say a huge percentage of it will be shot there. So it's it's really cool to come back to to my hometown in, in that way, and um, I think uh, I think it'll be something that people haven't seen yet. So that, that'll be cool. Much more of my conversation with Aquafina on the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast just ahead as she talks about the odd job she took on before acting, including a stint as a food critic, all as we sit down to a big old plate of steamed dumplings. Hi, I'm Nick Friedman. And I'm Lee Alec Murray. And this is The Anime Effect. We're a brand new podcast breaking down the anime and fandom news you care about and revealing just how powerful the effect of anime really is. Every week, we're breaking down the latest anime community developments and what it means for us fans. But we won't stop at just anime. We'll dig into other fandoms we can't get enough of and invite guests we know you'll recognize to join in the discussion. Whether you're a dedicated anime fan or a casual viewer, we want you to experience the anime effect. Tune into the anime effect starting February 16th. The anime effect is brought to you by Crunchyroll and Sony Music Entertainment. Watch complete episodes on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Glennon Doyle author of Untamed, and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I do the only thing we've found that has ever made life any easier. We drop the fake and we just talk really raw and honestly about all the hard parts of life. So come on over and join us and some of our friends and greatest heroes like former First Lady Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, Gloria Steinem, Elizabeth Gilbert, Brandi Carlisle, Brene Brown, and our beloved community, the Pod Squad. You'll hear refreshingly honest conversations, trust me, about sex, gender, parenting, blended families, our bodies, anxiety, addiction, feeling overwhelmed, just all of it. Life is hard, so let's do it together. Meet us every Tuesday and Thursday for We Can Do Hard Things, one of Apple and Spotify's top shared podcasts of 2023. Listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Back now with more of my Sunday sit-down conversation with Aquafina. She wanted to grab some dumplings after our conversation, so we did that and talked about her past... (laughs) As a food critic. So you are an expert on dumplings. We were talking about this when we sat I, down. I, yeah. I, okay, yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you said it. you were. I'll take it. You seem like you are. I'll take it. I mean, you talk authoritatively like, about I dumplings. I like soup dumps, yeah. Soup dumps. Okay. So we've got some dumps here. Okay. I know you were um, a food critic for a while, a food I blogger. Was, yeah. So I you, was, yes. What was, uh, what was that gig like? When was that? That was in China. I worked oh. for a food magazine uh, where... I think it was like the restaurants like paid the magazine. Uh, so one time I had I had clams and I you know wasn't very fond of them and I said wasn't fond of the clams and my editor was like no. 
Oh, yeah. Wow. Five stars all the way. <laughs> really? I was a good food. So let me break this down. So yeah. this is this is actually dim sum style right. dumps, if you sure. will. This one, shrimp. I, I forgot Looks like the word shrimp. for it. And I'm using a fork. Um, no, wait a minute. What's with the fork? What do you mean? You, what do you mean? Should I eat it with a fork? Is that the approach? Well, no. You got to use chopsticks, dude. Well, why don't you have to use chopsticks? Asian restaurant, dude. All right? Have some respect, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. See, I can't do a half one. I can't do a half one. No, I go. Because then you have to cut it with your teeth. Well, it's, you know what I right, mean? And people right. are watching right. you. So I'm going to stuff the whole thing in there. You going in? God, that's a hot toddy in there, too. How is it? Mm-hmm. I, think, I feel like this is a good review. Just, the, mm-hmm. just the long nod. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going in. Mmm. Mmm. I'm trying to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. all down. It's all down. Do you like it? Did I you, like it. Did you take the whole thing? I did. One How bite. come it, it didn't incapacitate you as much as it did me? <laughs> I, I wondered what was taking so long, as mine had been down for a good 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with it. I don't know. Anyway, so um, what's, that was delicious. What's Thank your you. re- your review as the food critic who's paid by the restaurant? That is, it was it was so good. Um, oh, I talked about this restaurant. <laughs> um, for this restaurant, five stars, man. I'll, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, this, um, I thought it was excellent. You like that, and I right? like a dumpling. I, I was a uh, yeah. I was a food critic, um, and you know, you know, not a good one by journalistic standards. And I worked in an air conditioning company. Um, I actually did the reports for the trucks that the service trucks. So I would just I would literally you know in Rocco's Modern Life, there, there was a boss named Mr. Bighead. And all he did was, cr- like, he had sheet, like a stack of papers this high, and there was, like, numbers on it, and he would just put in the numbers, press enter, and mm-hmm. then I always wanted a job like that because it's, like, it just seems so, like, it's cut. And so that's what I did for a year. Um, I wore a lot of blush to that job. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like Sharon from HR that wears a lot of blush. That was, like, me. And um, wore a lot of blush to that. And then I worked at a... Um, I worked at a, at a law firm in the library. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You've had a lot about, of gigs. Talking about work naps, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ooh, the naps library. every day, bodega, um, worked at a video store. That was my favorite job. Really? Yeah. Like old school, sell the yep. DVDs? Yeah. We VHS only. Oh, yep. really? Well, some of the, some, some wow. movies, yeah. Yeah, sure. That's old school. Yeah, lots and, of. And there was a couple of jobs I believe that your father was kind of encouraging you to go toward, including yes. air traffic controller, air traffic controller, meat inspector, no. sonogram technician. Wow, how did he pick those three? They're actually he picked them after a lot of research. Actually, they're they're very solid jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also I think he, meat inspector was one of those things that like he might have saw in like a like a USA Today article or something. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, hot jobs of the millennium. You know, just read it. Um, but air traffic controller, you know, he. I, I mean, I would have been down. I wasn't qualified for any of these jo- Like, Dad, it's like, it's like Dad, I, I, I can't go and, like, take an x-ray of babies. Right. You know, you need to go to school for that, you know? There's some I, training involved. Yeah, you don't just show up in, like, your, your Ann Taylor loft outfit. 
and is like, hey, let me in. I wanna give me the thing and the lube. I wanna do it all. Oh look, there's more. Oh wow. Oh no, this no, is no, the no. Whole thing. We'll no, just, no. Yeah. Is it a lot? It oh looked, no. It looked like a lot. Oh no, he I can hear it. I can hear he it. turned around. Yeah. Oh, he left. He left. Yeah. You because of me? No, I was felt it like, a cart? I felt like there was some waving off. Did he no, have a cart? Not the full cart. Okay. Oh, it's time to go. Let's just try this last that. one and then. Yeah. Now I don't know quite what this is, but it's green. Why? <laughs> I thought you were like a dumpling expert. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Boy, that's a long chew. Missing a couple inside. Do I have a maybe? small mouth and big teeth? Is that what's going on? I have a giant head. I think it's that my teeth are so big, my mouth is so... I, I'm not in pain while I'm eating. They're very delicious. I'm not in pain. I'm sweating. I just felt like you were studying it. Like a good food critic. You were studying it. No, I was trying to get it down oh, in time to not make it <laughs> awkward. I have to concentrate. Because if not, I'll just talk to my... I'll just talk to that everyone. <laughs> So your final review here is, Philippe does an excellent dumpling. Out of, is that fair? Out of a scale of 1 to 17. Yeah. 18. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the classic Aquafina <laughs> scale that goes to 17. 18 right here. Cheers. And that's, oh, cheers. Thank you. Cheers to you. My huge thanks again to Aquafina for a great conversation. She is so funny. Our new movie, The Farewell, is in theaters now. Maggie, Aquafina moving up the charts for me. Yeah, rising I'm not ready to place her yet on my all-time list of Sunday sit-downs. Okay. But as we promised about 45 minutes ago, you would give us your favorite Sunday sit-down. All right, so I think top of the list, Kevin Hart. Ooh. Hilarious interview. Great one. And one one of the longest ones, I think, too, that you've done because it just was so funny. Yeah. Um, Also loved Viola Davis. Oh, my gosh. Kind of an outside pick, but such a deep, like, insightful... Thoughtful conversation. Yes. Um, could listen to her talk forever. Um, and then I also loved Ina Garten. Oh, I just feel like doesn't? that's a classic conversation. That was one of the, your classic sit-downs, too. Yeah. Go out to her house in the Hamptons, exactly. drive around in the Mini Cooper. Yeah, she's got a um, convertible Mini Cooper so yeah. drop top she drove me around in. Love it. I loved Kevin Hart. That interview was up in the rafters at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. He was wearing, it wasn't the holidays, it was last fall. Nope. He was wearing holiday but pants. But he had holiday pants. Plaid red pants. Yep. And he did like a 10-minute riff about the pants. Loved it. And he basically, his takeaway was, I'm so successful now, I'm so rich, that I can just get away with wearing pants like this off-season. And wear holiday pants whenever. Yes. And Love I'm it. totally, totally with you on Viola Davis. Yes. That was, people ask me about her, that was like sitting for a sermon almost. Mm-hmm. It was so deep and so life-affirming. Yeah. and. Man, that's why I love getting to do these. You get to spend an hour with these. Yes, they're famous. Yes, they're in movies. But there's so much more there. And over the course of an hour, you get to peel through it all. So I like your list. Thank you. I'm going to come up with mine, although I don't want to alienate anybody. So I'm going to let you be the person who alienates everyone. (laughs) Sounds good. The great Maggie Law (laughs) joining us on the Sunday Sip Down podcast. Thank you, Maggie. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you want to hear more of the full-length conversations with my guests every week, be sure to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to tune in to Sunday Today every weekend on NBC. I'm Willie Geist. We'll see you right back here next week on the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast.